Hey, Pete Alonzo, where do you think you're going with Mason Wynn's first Major League hit? Coming up tonight on B-Shape Daily. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer with you here in the evening hours of Friday, August 18th, 2023. And the lead story tonight, what in the world was Pete Alonzo thinking? As he chucked Mason Wynn's first Major League hit 30 rows deep behind the Cardinals' dugout. We'll get into all the dirty details on that situation tonight on the show because that was surreal to watch play out in real time. I wasn't entirely sure what I had just seen. You just never see anything like that. And Pete Alonzo obviously has some history with the St. Louis Cardinals. So our Cardinals fans buying his explanation for what took place he did talk after the game. We'll play some of that audio tonight on B-Shape Daily. We'll hear from Mason Wynn as well for his side of the conversation. Interesting times at Bush Stadium. It was about the only thing that was interesting in this game, by the way, because the Cardinals are just flat-out terrible. It, like, I don't even know what to make of this anymore. It is so frustrating to watch the same thing day after day. How many times have the Cardinals had this, basically this exact game play out for them over the past few weeks? 7-1 loss to the New York Mets on Friday. And it doesn't surprise anybody. It's not anything that we haven't seen before. But it's just like Groundhog Day over and over again. And I get it. I respect that these guys are competitors at the highest level. And that Ollie Marmo would say these guys are killers. And it's not that they're folding on the season. But you see a game like tonight and it's just so lackluster all the way around. It's really difficult to wrap your mind around the level of competitiveness on a day-in, day-out basis when you're just not seeing it play out. Like, results matter, and the Cardinals are just a bad team this year. Largely, they're going to have a lot of the same guys back next year, especially on the offensive side of things. We know the pitching's got to get fixed, but honestly, the pitching tonight, at least the starting pitching, it wasn't terrible. Zach Thompson finding his bearings after a very weird roundabout journey to get to this point. We'll talk a little Zach Thompson tonight as well. Because I'm kind of just curious to see what the Cardinals will do with him the rest of the way. I think they'll keep him in the rotation, obviously. But how he handles those situations, what does that do for his stock going into next year is kind of an interesting question. We just haven't seen Zach Thompson really have the opportunity to go every fifth day and get into a rhythm over a period of time. But now that he's starting to kind of get those chances with the Cardinals, I think he's looking pretty decent. And it'll be interesting to track his progress the rest of the way and how that puts him in position to potentially contribute in 2024. But most of tonight we'll be discussing the Mason Wynn base hit that led to another brouhaha, maybe, pending. We'll see. Miles Michaelis is on the mound on Saturday for the Cardinals. And he was one of the Cardinals at the top step of the dugout, shouting at Pete Alonso after the Mets' first baseman. Instead of rolling the ball to the Cardinals' dugout, he sidearm chucked it 25 to 30 rows deep leading to a search for the baseball, which was ultimately found. Mason Wynn does have possession of that baseball. He says it's going to go to his mom. She'll be holding on to that for a long, long time. So all's well that ends well, but man, was it a roundabout way to get there. That's what we're going to tackle tonight on B-Shape Daily because I don't think you want me to dive into the nitty-gritty after a 7-1 Cardinals loss, so let's talk about some drama. But before we break it all down, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button, hit like on this video, and then in the comments section below on YouTube, let me know what your impressions of this very bizarre moment was between Pete Alonzo, Mason Wynn, Stubby Claff getting involved as well with the Cardinals' first base coach. We got some information from Wynn 
about it after the game as to how he actually figured out and realized what had taken place actually came from Stubby Clap. So a lot to get into on that situation tonight, but hit subscribe and let me know what you think of it, Cardinals fans, with a comment below on YouTube. And make sure you're subscribed to B-Shape Daily on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts, depending on if you're an iPhone user out there. Both locations, great to listen to the audio of B-Shape Daily. Cardinals podcast on a daily basis. I'm Brendan Schaefer, writer for KMOV in St. Louis. And I was down at the ballpark tonight to witness the Major League debut of Cardinals top prospect Mason Wynn, who we talked about last night. We found out he was getting the call because of Lars Newtbar heading to the injured list. The Cardinals just cannot continue to play so short as many guys as they are down in the position player department. Nolan Gorman goes on the IL the previous day. Then it was Lars Newtbar. And Mason Wynn, the beneficiary of that, which I think Mason Wynn was probably on the way regardless, given that we're right at that 45-day threshold. He's not going to exceed 45 days on the Major League roster, which means he maintains his rookie eligibility for 2024 as long as he doesn't accrue more than 130 at-bats the rest of the way, which I'm sure the Cardinals will be on top of. He was batting ninth in the lineup today, just as I kind of expected and said that he would be in a way to kind of artificially limit the number of at-bats that he'll have. It was four at-bats tonight, didn't draw a walk, no sacrifice flies or anything like that. So he, all of them counted, 126 to go, and the Cardinals aren't going to let Mason Wynn get more than that. But fortunately, he did get that first base hit out of the way. It's always nice when you can do that as an upcoming player. You have that top prospect status, but when you get that call to the big leagues, the butterflies, the nerves are going to be a part of it. And to just get that first one behind you, Good for Mason Wynn to be able to do that on Friday night. Did so in a very Mason Wynn-like way with the swinging bunt toward the left side, running, hustling down the line, beats out the infield hit. Then the drama begins as Pete Alonso doesn't quite know the right thing to do with the baseball. It looked to me like it was a scenario where he's kind of looking back to his pitcher and finding out from the umpires, as we'll hear from Alonso, uh, courtesy of SNY, with the audio there that basically he thought, okay, we're wanting to take this ball out of play. So I'm just going to do what I often do in those instances and throw it into the stands. It does look unusual though, because it's right after a play happens and he's not like near foul territory. He's not really even near the first base bag. He's sort of off the line a little bit. So when he wings it into the crowd, I mean, he's really sending it (laughs) a pretty hefty distance I know he's a big, strong guy and everything, but that was uh, that was notable from Pete Alonzo. 25, 30 rows, I didn't count him, but it certainly seemed like he winged it pretty good. Cardinals fans are understandably sitting here like, oh, how does that even happen, Pete Alonzo? How can you possibly have a flub that egregious? Or was this something that you did intentionally because of the aforementioned history, remember, it was the brawl between the Cardinals and the Mets early last season at Bush Stadium where Cardinals first base coach Stubby Clapp got Pete Alonso into the headlock in the middle of the melee and sort of went viral for that whole situation. That's the point at which Pete Alonso, after the game, gave us the big strong guy quote that we've been using and getting a ton of mileage out of ever since. He came off, yeah, kind of doofy in that postgame interview. Remember, he was saying, people don't know how strong I am. I could put people in the hospital. They better be careful. <laughs> like, it was some some objectively hilarious stuff coming out of the mouth of Pete Alonso then. And so I feel like some Cardinals fans looked at this moment and said, it's impossible. There's just no way that Pete Alonso didn't know what he was doing. 
because they announce it. You know, you hear the ovation when Mason Wynn comes up to bat for the first time, when his name was announced pregame, like as a player in the opposing dugout, you probably have some level of awareness over those things. That's sort of the mindset, I think, right now of Cardinals fans looking at this saying, oh, no, he knew exactly what he was doing. This was just retribution. He doesn't like the Cardinals. It's, you know, a lot of craziness going around in terms of the thought processes of Cardinals fans. I got to say, I don't necessarily come down on that side of it. And maybe you won't either anymore after hearing Pete Alonzo talk about it. I'm going to play this audio for you, courtesy of SNY. I want to know, give me your opinion. Put it right now in the YouTube comment section. You can pause this video and comment. Here's what I think about the Pete Alonso move to throw Mason Wynn's first base hit into the crowd. And then listen to this from Pete Alonso. Unpause your video after you've collected your thoughts and put it on to pay, pen to paper, as they say. And then let me know what you think after hearing Pete Alonso speak. Because, honestly, I think it would have been pretty difficult to find any more sincerity than Pete Alonso did in this 90-second clip where this is a full answer from Pete Alonso talking about the situation and it's just him talking and basically expressing how sorry he is about it. Let me know what you guys think about this. Here's Pete Alonzo, courtesy of SNY. They looked unintentional. You know. No, I, 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 feel, I feel horrible. Um, I, I feel awful. I, I didn't mean to. I, I didn't. I, would, I know it sounds stupid, but it is just a, a, a bad brain fart. I know uh, throwing the ball in the stands, that, that, robs, that, that robs him of a kind of a, a really special moment, but I, I I feel really bad thinking back on, on my first hit and um, and just getting the ball thrown back to the dugout. I, I feel I, I feel awful. I feel like a piece of crap. Um, I, I, yeah, it's just in the heat of the moment, you kind of just get lost. I, I just kind of got, got up from trying to make a play, and then umpire said, hey, we're going to switch this ball out. So I'm like, okay, like I'm going to do what I always do, like – Throwing this, I always throw the ball in the stands, but I'll never throw the ball in the stands again. I'm just going to roll every ball to the dugout when they're going to switch it out. Um, but that's, I mean, that's 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 a really bad mistake, and it's completely unintentional. I feel, I feel horrible about it. I, I feel really bad, and um, I, I mean, I apologized. Like I apologized to him when I was at when I was at second after after the force out, and then um, yeah. I'm, I, I'm really sorry, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and talk to him and uh, get him something for tomorrow as as, as an apology because like it's, yeah, I mean it's stupid. It's a really bad look, and is I I feel I feel like an idiot, and I feel I feel terrible. I, I feel really bad. So basically, there's 90 seconds of Pete Alonso saying how stupid he feels, how bad he feels about it, that he's gonna try to reach out even again to Mason Win on Saturday, get him something as sort of an apology gift to kind of clear the air. On Mason Wynn's side of things, I don't think that's even necessary. I think he's totally cool with it. He's basking in the moment. We'll play some audio from Mason Wynn from inside the Cardinals clubhouse after the game. But he basically said, yeah, Alonzo apologized a couple of times, talked things over, mentioned it at second base, which is matches what Alonzo said just there, and didn't really seem to be that, broken up about it, especially given the fact that the ball is now in Mason Wynn's possession and going to his mom. So that's really the bottom line is that it has a happy ending. If that hadn't been the case, if for whatever reason they can't track down the ball, or maybe it's like later in the game and there have been a lot of foul balls kind of 
sprayed into that area, and suddenly you're like, wait, do I actually have the correct ball? Like, I, I don't think they can legitimately authenticate it the way they do every other baseball with, like, the special sticker because once it's once it's hit, you know, into the crowd, then that's just, like, a foul ball, whatever. This is a different situation, though. That's a pretty important baseball for the Cardinals' top prospect, his first ever MLB hit, and they're not going to be able to give it the, the, the normal treatment that you would give on a baseball of that nature, and that's kind of a bummer, and... Yeah, Pete Alonso, you can tell he's broken up about it. I find him to be really sincere in that moment. Listen, I know Pete Alonso has had his history with the Cardinals. We've gone over a little bit of that tonight already. So you could maybe find a viewing of it that is not so favorable toward the Mets slugger. But if you hear him in that audio clip there, I really do believe that this was just an honest mistake. And if what you're thinking is the only way that could possibly be true is if he's just a big old airhead and super dumb. Okay. (laughs) Like maybe that's the answer. I don't want to rip Pete Alonso too much for just being a complete buffoon after he kind of already did that himself. He called himself an idiot. He said he felt like crap. Like he he's wearing this one. And I think appropriately so because it was a, a careless thing to do. But at the same time, I don't know how you could, unless you're just wearing your most bright red Cardinal branded goggles and refusing to see reality for what it is, I don't know how you could sit here and say, oh, yeah, that's just an act, and he really tried to mastermind this whole situation. Like, Pete Alonzo, you're giving him too much credit, is the way I would frame it, uh, as per, like, his level of awareness about the world and the way things work. Again, not trying to rip him or call him names. I know it's going to come off that way. But to express my point, I think you almost have to just acknowledge you know, he's kind of this home run hitting robot guy that maybe is not so much on the thinky, right? So I don't think in that moment that he's thinking, oh, you know what I could do here? I could throw this ball in the stands and then this rookie that just got his first hit, you know, he doesn't get to have that ball. Like, I don't think those are the things that are going through Pete Alonso's head during a game. I'm not sure there's much of anything going on in Pete Alonso's head during a game. Again, not trying to rip him, but it's kind of like just that, Heat of the battle, as he said, you're in the moment. You're just kind of going through the motions. I thought it was maybe a little overboard that he said, I'm never going to throw a ball into the stands again. I'm always going to just roll it to the dugout. It's like, okay, I don't know. Is there a, a middle ground where you can just kind of go, hey, any rookies making their major league debut on the other side today? No? Okay, then, you know, it's probably fine. But you get into that kind of baseball machine mode and – it doesn't leave a lot of room, maybe, when you're on the field between the, the white lines for, like, thinking about stuff. As crazy, like he said, it sounds incredibly stupid, and it does, because it is. But I think that's the answer more so than he's like this evil villain that's trying to stick it to the St. Louis Cardinals. I just don't think that's that's the reality of this situation. And there's a term for this, Hanlon's Razor. Have you heard of this? Hanlon's Razor is a saying that reads, and this is just straight from Google, Never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. And I prefer ignorance. And again, don't want to call him stupid, but ignorance, absolutely. He was definitely ignorant of the moment in that situation. Never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity, or perhaps we could substitute ignorance. I think that is basically what sums up this situation, Hanlon's razor. He wasn't malicious. He wasn't a mastermind. He just wasn't thinking, and he was ignorant of the moment for Mason Wynn. 
despite all the red flashing lights and signs that should have been very evident to Pete Alonso as a participant in this baseball game. It's like, wow, it's kind of weird. This guy who's batting ninth for the Cardinals, why are they giving him a standing ovation? That's kind of strange, his first time at the bat. Yeah, that's it's because it's his debut, my friend. Just kind of connect those dots. But I, again, for me, it's more difficult to jump through the mental gymnastics and the hoops of figuring out how Pete Alonso would go about maliciously making this decision. It's much easier. It's a much simpler explanation to go, you know, he just wasn't thinking. And if you look at his past, it's not too far-fetched to believe that might be the case. Like, are we on the same page here? Cardinals fans, let me know what you're thinking because it's it's very cut and dry to me, but I was getting a ton of Cardinals fans that were in my mentions tonight on Twitter basically refusing to accept that. They were all mad. At, everybody's mad at all the writers because we're. I saw somebody say, we're all carrying water for Pete Alonzo. And no, I think it's just everybody kind of sees it the same way, at least from up in the press box. Cardinals fans absolutely didn't. It kind of reminds me of a couple of weeks ago when Michaelis had his whole thing with the Cubs and the suspension that came from it. And the Cubs side of things, everybody saw it very clearly, which was, oh, I mean, Miles Michaelis has to be object, uh, ejected from that game. Of course, he threw Eddie and Hap. I mean, it's very black and white, cut and dry. Cardinals fans were like, very cut and dry, very black and white. There's no reason to eject him. He shouldn't be suspended, of course. Like, it's just that's just old school baseball, right? It's very obvious what should happen here. But the biases, I think, from both sides were what was sort of coloring the situation in, in the minds of a lot of folks. To me, I feel like tonight, Cardinals fans, your bias a little bit showing in terms of just blind, seething hatred for Pete Alonso. When, in fact, he's just a dude who is, yes, very easy to make fun of in other circumstances. But tonight, he was a dude who made a mistake that he actually sounds pretty gutted about. I did contribute a little bit to it because I tweeted the, the, the video from SNY is so funny because uh, Keith Hernandez, of course, former Cardinal is the color commentator for the Mets uh, TV broadcast with Gary Cohen as the, uh, the play-by-play guy. And as they're getting it explained to them, it was a little bit on a delay. They didn't realize what had happened at first. They were kind of speculating, Oh, is it a, a box situation? Did the Cardinals dugout think there was a balk on, on the, on a pitch or something like that? And Pete Alonso in the video is very clearly like gesturing to the dugout. I'm sorry. That's my bad. That's my bad. Ali Marmel kind of chirping. Like, it's great. Uh, Van Hickelstein on Twitter is who uh, captured the video from the SNY feed and put it out there for a couple of minutes. And you can hear the Mets broadcast talking about it. But when it gets explained to them, Keith Hernandez, his reaction of just, oh, Pete is absolutely hysterical. I might as well just play a little bit of it anyway. Since I've got it, I'm, I'm pulling it up, watching it as I do the podcast. And it's absolutely hysterical to, to hear Keith Hernandez when he kind of realizes what actually happened and he has it explained to him. Proud. And that was Wynn's first hit. Oh, Pete. So Pete probably didn't realize yes, it. Yes, he did. <laughs> he goes, oh, Pete. Yeah, Pete didn't realize it. I believe that Pete didn't realize it. Cardinals fans certainly were not as forgiving in the moment. And then there was a, a battle with the woman, I guess, that caught the baseball or ended up with the baseball after Alonzo threw it because there's this security guy who's in a red polo shirt and he's got an earpiece in, so clearly he looks like he's part of the security team. I wasn't familiar with who that was. It's not the, the, the main security guy that I am familiar with. I have not seen this guy before, but part of the staff, part of the team, and you know, I, I think this is what happens in these situations. Those 
guys go around and, okay, hey, do we negotiate for this? Can we get this ball back? We'll get you something nice. That's the way these things work. But I guess, I don't know, on the Mets broadcast, they they made it sound like the woman was somewhat resistant to giving up the baseball. And I imagine she just was probably a little confused, didn't understand, like, well, I just got this ball. Why would I have to give it back? Just needs to maybe kind of have some some information bridges closed up so that everybody's on the same page. And ultimately, I'm not going to like leave you hanging on that. I think I already mentioned it, but Mason Wynn did autograph a baseball for her. Uh, I don't know anything else that the Cardinals may have given her in, in exchange for the baseball that was the first hit for Mason Wynn. But all's well that ends well on that front. But it was really funny and happening in the following inning with the Cardinals in the field, you could hear the chant getting louder and louder of the Cardinals fans in that general vicinity chanting, give it back to the young woman who was having a conversation with the the security guy who was trying to get the baseball from her. In this give it back, give it back chant began. It was kind of hysterical, kind of surreal. Again, the entire situation was surreal. Here, I'll go ahead and play some more from that SNY clip because you'll be able to hear this in the background as they're talking about it, the give it back chant going on underneath the uh, the commentary from the, the SNY crew. Well, there's uh, some drama going on here. We showed you that Pete Alonzo inadvertently threw Mason <laughs> Wynn's first big league hit into the stands. And the young lady who got the ball apparently did not want to quickly give it up. And the crowd is now getting on her case, and I think she's feeling peer pressure now to deliver the ball. I'm sure. And they were giving, I mean, you heard it there, the give it back as it's being described on the, the SNY TV broadcast. Just some hilarious stuff. Mason Wynn actually said, yeah, I was having a hard time not laughing at that when that was going on. He could hear it from his position at shortstop. I think he was in a much better mood about it, again, because of the fact that they did ultimately resolve it and get the baseball back. If it doesn't have as happy of an ending, maybe there is some more bad blood somewhere along the line. But that ultimately was not the case. Mason Wynn uh, was, despite his team losing 7-1 to tonight, you have your, your major league debut only once, and he seemed like he really was able to soak it in and enjoy it. And that was just an interesting footnote that the ball, for a moment, seemed as though it may have been out of reach, but everything was resolved the exact way that it should happen. Pete Alonso made a foolish mistake, but not one that I think was intentional. I'm curious, though, do any Cardinals fans, are there some holdouts there about the situation that say, nope, you'll never convince me otherwise? Pete Alonso, he's a supervillain and did it on purpose. Let me know in the YouTube comment section below which side of the fence you're on with that one. I may have to put this into a, a Twitter poll as well, just because I really, I feel like most Cardinals fans are going to be on the side of, all right, I get it. I heard him talk. I wanted to be mad, but at the same time, you can just, human nature, right? We can have a little empathy and understand dude's playing a game at a high level, just wasn't thinking. He was he was in baseball mode, in cruise control, and it just he just, had a brain fart and did something stupid. I think most people will feel that way, but I'm going to put it on a Twitter poll because I'm honestly not sure there might be a lot of Cardinals fans still that say, nope, uh, you're not slipping this one past me, Pete. I know what's going on here. So I want to see those YouTube comments. Where are you guys on this issue? Is it black and white for you? Is there maybe some gray area? Let me know in the comments below. Make sure you hit like on this video and subscribe as well to this channel, Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer, Cardinals content every day throughout the season and hell into the off season as well. We'll be having consistent content for the channel. If you like Cardinals talk, this is where you should be because anybody who follows this team closely knows that there's going to have to be a lot of turnover this off season. 
to get the Cardinals into a more competitive state by 2024, which is the stated objective of the team. So that should give us plenty to talk about, speculate on, and analyze as we get into the offseason as well. But for now, let's hear from Mason Wynn because I, I showed you Pete Alonzo or let you hear from Pete Alonzo. Mason Wynn talked about the situation as well tonight. If you're still feeling mad at Pete Alonzo, let's hear from the Cardinals shortstop because he doesn't seem too mad about anything from his MLB debut. Yeah, the Cardinals lost and you, you don't want that situation, but you only have one debut and Mason Wynn found a way to soak it up. But here he is on his level of awareness as to the things that were going on once Pete Alonzo threw that ball into the stands. Did, did, uh, did you know that the ball got thrown into the stands? Like, what was your view of what was going on there? Oh, I had no idea. I was, yeah, I got the first. I couldn't really think about anything else. But um, I heard uh, Stubby was right there, and he, he talked to Pete. And he was like, did you just throw that ball in the stands? And Pete was like, he, I don't even think he knew at first. Um, but no, nah, I mean, he, he apologized on first, and then when he got to second later, he, he apologized as well. So, you know, complete accident. I thought it was quite funny, especially after we got the ball back. I thought it was a little bit more funny. Where's that ball going to go? Uh, probably straight to my mom. She'll probably she'll probably get to keep that for, for a long time. So Mason Wynn says, yeah, Pete Alonzo apologized multiple times. It was a total accident. No hard feelings seemingly there between Mason Wynn and Pete Alonzo. And again, Alonzo really felt bad about it. I think there will be more interactions Mason Wynn is probably like, this is great, man. I'm in the show. I'm catching beef already with a, a star of the game. Like, I'm making an impact. No, I think he is just on cloud nine as a result of getting that debut and, and having that memory that he had from tonight. Goes one for four in the game. Just the infield hit to his credit. Defensively, though, looking really sharp. Didn't set any MLB records. I couldn't believe that the assist that he had, the first uh, throw to Luke and Baker over at first base of the game, 91.4 miles per hour, I think, was the uh, stat cast measurement. We don't get those publicly. Um, MLB.com, people have access to those, and so I'm not sure exactly who put that out there, if that was JD, John Denton, or somebody else, but 91, I'm like, man, I thought it was better than that. But the diving play he made to his right, that he then pops up, throws to first, and didn't get the out. It was a little bit wide right of Luke and Baker, and Baker couldn't hold the bag. But that play was an example of what you're going to get from Mason Wynn. He is going to be a an upside elite shortstop defensively. He's going to be a plus defender. And you add that to Arenado, who's back in his bag now, very clearly ever since the All-Star break when it comes to defense. And then you get Brendan Donovan or Tommy Edmond maybe playing second base. I know Nolan Gorman's going to play it a lot as well. But that, along with Paul Goldsmith, a multi-time gold glover at first, is a really, really savvy defensive infield that I think could really help the Cardinals kind of stabilize things as well in 2024. A lot of moving parts, and I know Paul DeYoung played a lot of shortstop this year, but Mason Wynn, when it comes to his defense, I think is going to be superlative and and better than Paul DeYoung defensively. Stronger arm, the range is going to be extremely improved compared to Paulie because Paul just... He wouldn't make too many mistakes, but he just didn't have very great range defensively at shortstop. Mason Wynn's going to get to some balls that you just don't think anybody's going to get to, and he's going to pop up and make the throw more times than not, too. He showed that tonight. He's going to continue to show it. Really exciting player, and I don't think he's thinking too hard or too long about the uh, the Pete Alonzo incident tonight. Like you said, it's funny, especially funnier now that he knows that the ball is safe. They got it back. All's well that ends well. But I also thought it was interesting First of all, that he mentions that Stubby Clap is basically how he found out that this happened by Stubby Clap asking Pete Alonzo, like, did you really just throw that ball into the stands? 
that interaction to have been a fly on the wall for that one. Oh my gosh. That would be, I just need, I need the audio. I need to hear the inflection in Stubby's voice. I need to know, I need to know everything about it. I need an entire eight part documentary about that interaction because after the inning, you might've noticed Pete Alonzo beelined to the Mets dugout, like wanted no part of any continued interaction because he had Miles Michaelis chirping at him from the dugout. Nolan Gorman, I think uh, Jeff Jones had the binoculars out. He saw Nolan Gorman up there chirping. Ollie Marmel, obviously the TV broadcast showed him saying something in, in that direction. The Cardinals were hot about this, and understandably so, but I think when cooler heads can prevail, hopefully we kind of see this for what I think it was, which was an innocent mistake. But I wonder if Miles Michaelis will see it the same way because he is the starting pitcher for the Cardinals on Saturday. And he has a bit of a reputation this year with uh, throwing at batters with the Ian Happ thing. I say, if you're going to do it, you better wait till the second at bat, Miles, because you can't afford another suspension. I mean, I guess he can, but then your rotation will be, well, it's already kind of down bad. But it, it'll be even longer odds and more dire straits for the Cardinals to be able to find some consistency if Michaelis picks up another suspension, we'll see what he decides to do. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't think anything will come of it, but you never do know with miles Michaelis. So keep an eye on that, I guess, going into Saturday night's game between the Cardinals and the Mets, but Mason win the major league debut in the books, pretty successful one. I would say, despite the fact that the Cardinals lose this game rather handily, I'm not going to blame Zach Thompson as a reason the Cardinals lost this game. Again, offensively, you lose 7-1. They didn't score the run until the ninth inning. Uh, Richie Palacios ended up with an opposite field double, his first hit as a Cardinal to drive in the only run tonight for the Cardinals. And that's all she wrote in terms of what they put together offensively. Just really lackluster. Goldsmith with an offer and 3Ks. Arnado one for three. I mean, you had a couple of hits for Tyler O'Neill, just six hits for the team. One being that Mason Wynn single. The bottom of the order, Walker had an opportunity with base loaded, didn't come through. couple of missed opportunities with the base loaded really chalk up the offensive performance for the Cardinals in this game. Ten left on base, one for seven with runners in scoring position as a team, and 0 for 2, I believe it was, with the bases loaded. Yep, that'll do it, and that's kind of been where the Cardinals have been this season. Jordan Walker not able to come through with the, the sacks jammed. And then Alec Burleson had a uh, a pinch hit and then came into the game and stayed to play first base. But he pinch hits for Luke and Baker and uh, struck out looking, I believed, in that at bat. And then did draw a walk later on to score the Cardinals' only run. But yeah, they just the clutch situations have just not been there offensively for the Cardinals. But I'm keeping an eye on Zach Thompson. Five innings, two runs allowed, five strikeouts, gave up a home run. It was the first batter of the game. Brandon Nimmo takes him deep. Not really what you want, but he settled in thereafter. Despite having like 24, 25 pitches in the first inning, Thompson did a a really solid job to get through five in this game, be a little more efficient. He said he started to pitch to contact a little more, which I know we talk about missing bats, and that's kind of the end-all, be-all for what the Cardinals are searching for as they look to improve this pitching staff. But when you get into a spot like Thompson was in tonight, sometimes you do just have to pitch to contact. When you, you get behind the eight ball, you know you're only supposed to throw around 80, 85 pitches. They're still kind of stretching him out from where he was. And to use up a lot of that allotment in the first inning is not what you want. So to cover the next four, really solid job by Zach Thompson. Did finish with five strikeouts. Only one walk, I think, is an improvement as well because if you look at his Memphis numbers, when he was a starter down there in in the uh, the Memphis rotation, 
almost like a walk per inning, I want to say. just I'm not even going to go look at the numbers because they were brutal. But that's not really who Zach Thompson is and needs to be if he's going to have a successful career at the big league level. I think he can do that, though. He's got some really interesting stuff, a really interesting repertoire, working more and more on that slider. Nimmo took him deep on it, but I don't think it was something that was super concerning to him. Just said, hey, I'm trying to be aggressive in the zone in the uh, early portion of this game, and he, he beat me with a good swing. But otherwise, not a whole lot to complain about, I don't think, from Zach Thompson's outing. And it's just interesting with the way his season is gone. He's a reliever. Now he's going to be sent to Memphis, but he's going to start when he gets there. And he's dealing with kind of the, uh, the the strike zone automation in the minors. He said it's really difficult to pitch to the upper third of the strike zone down there because it's just it's not as vertical north-south as he's used to at the big league level. So that maybe had an impact on the number of walks that he had when he was with AAA. But he comes back. He's got a 3.90 ERA with the Cardinals this year because he's kind of settled into that fifth starter role. I don't really know who the fifth starter is anymore for the Cardinals. They've got multiple fifth starters, but he has gotten the opportunity and is taking uh, the bull by the horns a little bit. His last three outings now, he goes four innings, four innings, and then five tonight. One run, one run, two earned runs. And, of course, the the eight strikeout performance that he had against Colorado a couple of weeks ago, very notable. Like, Zach Thompson... Looking good. I'm not saying, oh, you, you need to give him a rotation spot for next year, but I could envision a world in which he finishes strong. The Cardinals just say, hey, every fifth day, it's going to be your ball. I want to see what you do with it. Only Marmel said that after tonight, he's probably going to be able to stretch out to 95 pitches for his next outing. So getting closer and closer to that full-time starter workload when he goes into a game, not having to think about the number of pitches that he can or can't throw is probably going to be a benefit to him here before too long. I just want to see what it looks like the rest of the way and give the Cardinals that chance to kind of evaluate and going into the offseason thinking, how do we view where Zach Thompson fits, it, fits, fits into this picture for 2024? Again, I think you need to go out and get three starters, but depth is going to be important. I could see a world in which Zach Thompson, if he can maintain the consistency that we've seen from him the last few outings, maybe he's a guy that is your number six starter going into the year, and when somebody inevitably gets hurt in spring, maybe he does step into that rotation over a Libertor or Dakota Hudson or any of the other competitors that might step up. That's interesting to follow. Zach Thompson, a nice start tonight for the Cardinals despite the loss. Mason Wynn, another aspect of this whole thing that is going to be very interesting to follow as he gets his Cardinals career underway. Let me know on the YouTube comments section what you guys thought of the day's game. I know we didn't talk too much of the negatives of just how kind of bad and pathetic it was, but hey, if that's your cup of tea, let me know in the comments below. But I'm curious your thoughts on the Mason Wynn, Pete Alonzo situation and what you thought of Zach Thompson and what he might be able to do for the team moving forward. I am going to wrap things up here, though. Appreciate you guys for listening. As always, hope everybody enjoys their weekend. We'll continue to do our B-Shape Daily thing as we always do. So stay tuned on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts for more episodes of the show. Thank you guys once again, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.